Well, hello there, and thank you for tuning in to the Shameless Sex Podcast. I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure product company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom, to pussy praising, to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and and enjoy enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Hello, everyone. Hi. Guten Tag, everybody. Is it Dutch? No, that's German because we just came back from Germany. Yes, and now we're in... Amsterdam, Whee! the Netherlands. They say Prost in Germany and they say Prost in the Netherlands. More like without less. <laughs> yeah, it's like Prost. Oh, yes. Yesterday was beautiful. So yeah, we got to Amsterdam. What, well, you got here day after I did. Yes. Yes. And we were here. I'm here for work. You're here for work too. And work and I play. Will be working. Yes. Yes. We got some meetings and things. I visited a number of adult stores. And last night we went out to the red light district. It was how cool was it though? We went to a strip club too. Like oh, we an did. Amsterdam style strip club. Yeah. I got two lap dances. Yes. She was and they're like, I'm like, Can I touch your like body? And she's like, You can touch my boobs and my butt. And I was like, What about your pussy? She's like, No. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Would you have done it? Would you have done it? She said, Um, I'd be open to it, but they both had um uh, vulva piercings. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even notice that. I was like right there. And because they were bent walking. over in front of my face. Oh, so of course. I saw so you, got, <laughs> so you got, got really a full close. view. You of didn't what miss they had. any of that. Yeah, they were beautiful. There's beautiful women. They were all really, really tall and really, really strong. Their bodies Very strong. Were. Oh, and our, um, well, my partner that I was there with got beat with his own belt. Yes. And he has, <laughs> and it has, still has and a welt he today. Still has welts. Yeah. The dancer, she uh, grabbed his belt because they have to take their belts off to receive the lap dance so that it doesn't scrape up on the, the lighties. And apparently she, they said they'd set his underwear on fire too. If he, but he was wearing underwear. If he wasn't wearing <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting going to the red light district. Uh, were you, have you, you had never been. In 2002, okay. I was there um, for a week. I was in Amsterdam. Is I went, meant to go for two days, and I stayed for like nine almost. You got in the red light district alone? You got stuck well, in there? I was in there a lot because it's so fun. If anybody hasn't been to Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Definitely check it out. It is a really cool city. It's like Disneyland for adults. Yes. It's beautiful, and it's full of wild debauchery. But there's just like this different, you know, we've been to a number of strip clubs at home. What's that one in L.A. that's like a lot of really strong, empowered women that work there? Oh, Jumbos. Jumbos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like not a strip club, really. It's like a dancing. Is that one the one where they kind of like Cirque du Soleil people who are really yes. bendable? There's yeah. a lot of like talented. performers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But wait, talk, let's talk about the red light district because I think it's yeah. really interesting to well, learn Well, I wanted to comment just on the strip club thing, too, which was interesting that the, um, the one that we went to, at least, that... It was okay to touch their, their, they were giving consent to touch their breasts and their ass. And the strip clubs that we've been to at home, it's usually more of a you can look but can't touch mentality. Um, unless the touching is more behind the scenes and um, then that, I guess that is a different category of sex work. But it was right. interesting to see the difference here. And um, and it to me, it felt like there was this extra layer of... 
um, I don't know what the word is, but this extra layer was removed here. And it just it just seemed, and I don't know if like empowered is the right word, but it seemed like, I can't speak for all the women, say that they all look super stoked. And it seemed, it was well, more normal. They were like braiding each other's hair in front of us and yeah. stuff. And it was very natural. Yeah. It wasn't, it didn't feel like as much of a hustle yeah. as when I've been in strip clubs before, where it's like, they're just kind of hanging out the women together. And people and like Dutch people are, very sweet and kind and really like open yeah and everyone thinks you're dutch by the way like, i know everyone's we'll talking to me and, and i'm like, like oh, i don't speak she doesn't dutch. speak it. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm definitely not dutch when we were in germany they didn't think i was german but now they think i'm dutch well okay i'll just wait one last point then we can talk about the red light district a little more um then i so i think my point here is is that ideas of um what like what constitutes sex work and boundaries um, or like generalized boundaries within the sex work world. So at home, there's a great boundary. When you go to a strip club, you don't touch unless it's like behind the scenes negotiated in the champagne room or whatever, right? Right. You know, pay extra money, but it's behind the scenes. Here, it's more normalized. And so I just, I'm just saying that like boundaries are to a certain degree kind of contextual based on the understanding time and space. I'm not saying that you get to go anywhere and be like, oh, you know, these women here say that, I can touch tits now so I can do that to any woman on the street. No, no, no. But that is just, it's more normalized here and that that can be the case anywhere. It really is based on time and place. People have to remember too, like these women, um, well, that we, like that we were, you know, visiting yesterday, they are people. So you can talk to them. Oh I, yeah. I like, I like talking to them. I'm like, okay, like, I'm not just going to be yeah. like, Hey, just ignore them or just yeah. automatically grab them be like, Hey, can I, what, is there somewhere I can't touch? Where can I touch? It's kind of yeah. like, yeah, you, know, you want to get paid. consent. Even right. though, yeah, even though if you went in there and you had this generalized idea of what the consent rules were, it's, it's still nice to treat people like humans and ask them because like, I don't know, maybe they have a different sort of idea of how they want to be touched. Maybe it's, you can touch my breasts and my ass, but this is how I want them to be touched. Or you can touch here, but not here. Whatever it is. And I'm sure that they're not in a position in, to, in all those all places and strip clubs to speak their minds, but I'm sure it feels nice to be asked. Well, that's why I did. I was like, hey, so what's happening? Cause I'm pretty sure you're their favorite customer because you're so much fun. You're just <laughs> like, what? Yeah, she's like jumping up and down. Well, I was like dancing. dancing with the one, like she was like humping me, and I was like getting down with the music. Well, at first I was like, I don't like this song. She's like, me neither. I was like, here, let's just hang out and have a glass of wine while we wait for the right song. And then the next song came on. She's like, how do you feel about this one? I'm like, I love it. And then she got like right up on me. Perfect. She had like the best booty too. I was like, yeah, she had a nice booty. And then we went, walked around. I love the red light. The yeah. red light district is so interesting. And, and if any of you listeners haven't uh, ever been to any sort of like where, you know, sex work is legal. Um, and I think th sex workers is like a better term. And, and as you mentioned, then prostitute or hooker, like those things are like, well, not they're necessarily just so PC. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so outdated. And sex work is kind of like the way we use queer, right? It's like an umbrella term for all the work that can go in there. So you can be a hands on erotic masseuse who just uses your hands to touch bodies and you could be a sex worker and you could also have intercourse with people like in when it's intercourse like penis and vagina or whatever penis and whatever orifice you're into and that can also be sex work too so it's just this broad or like a tantrica you know someone doing uh, dakini work with people would could so it's, it's just make it more open-ended well it's so but it's really cool like these women 
from what I know and what I've experienced, and obviously I didn't pay for any sex work last night. Mm. We are going to go to a live sex show tonight. I know you're not because you have a super early flight, but I am going to experience a live sex show tonight. I'd love to talk about it in the next podcast when we're together next time. Tell me all the details. Because I'm very interested and intrigued, and I think it's, in in my opinion, so, oh, can can I just get on a tangent for one second? Go tangent away. Well, first of all, you didn't get to experience this, but I went to the Venus show in oh, Berlin. Oh, the trade show? Yeah. And it's like this. So it's like a B2C, which is business to consumer affair. And it's literally like this whole thing. I watched this like porn star, two porn stars come out on stage. They do this like Batman Wonder Woman piece. And she pulled out a four foot anal bead situation out of her ass. Obviously, well, he pulled it out of her ass. And then they started fucking on stage. But to like this badass warrior like power music it was the craziest thing i'd seen it was like all these people filming and like this music like like rocky theme song was, no, it, <laughs> i was like that? it's the final <laughs> countdown that wasn't it but that's how it felt like it was like oh my god so it just so from that portion of like me looking because we were we were walking that trade show to see if we'd like be if hot octopus would be interested in, in having a booth there and we were like it's not ready for for like our brand yet because it's super mainstream and our brand is very like education based and whatever sex positive and that's ne- not necessarily the whole sex positive theme that we're going for but it was quite intriguing like my mouth it's rarely it really happens and I'm surprised in my life, but I, my mouth was like, I had to like use my hand to close it several times. Like just the stuff that I saw. I mean, oh, I went to the BDSM um, dungeon area where it was like Dom's beating this person. Like uh, I think it probably was a transgendered. Um, Gender queer. Of some well, sort. yes. Cause, but they were definitely on the floor getting beat for like, a good 25 minutes while I was just sitting there. I'm like, I'll take a glass of Prosecco. (laughs) And they were loving it. So, and ass was definitely, just, I hadn't seen anything like that. And there were 30,000 people a day that come to this event. All just observing. All Germans. Like, y'all. All All the Germans. (laughs) Nine. So I just wanted to say that. So from that to now, seeing like this whole sort of sex work in the Netherlands where um, I guess, you know, selling sex for, you know, money as a female, and I'm not sure for a male body, but is legal. It's interesting to see the dynamic. I bet it would, bet it, well, because you're saying you go to the live shows and there's a male, they have, they have shows where there's actually male-bodied folks fucking, you know, female-bodied folks, so. So they're getting paid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Probably a little less. I don't know. Hopefully. I don't know. <laughs> not hopefully less, but hopefully they're all getting paid decently. I don't know what the wages are. I was asking around, so, because you walk in the red light district and there's, these these um it's all women we didn't see any men in the windows it's all women in like little outfits little bikinis with like kind of like neon lights in there and they're kind of advertising themselves and, and they're all red the lights are all red outside. it's all red on the outside of the building and they're all kind of like touching themselves and like bending over and just kind of offering some of them are so like happy they look happy in general like yeah. and some of them are like smoking ciggies and looking at like other phones yeah, they're just like, like, like playing bucket. candy crush yeah. they're like what am i doing <laughs> you're like oh man yeah there yeah it was it was interesting to see and so it, it seems like from what we know people kind of negotiate through the window and they do that's what yeah we were trying to figure out that last night and we yeah. watched an, an exchange yeah. And it was quite interesting because they walked up the stairs and yeah. she opened the door and then they were talking for a few minutes. And then 
I think he was too wasted or something. Yeah, there was. The, I mean, there's def- definitely the people that are just highly intoxicated. They just want to like fuck around and chat with the ladies and not drop any money. And then I did see a couple of people actually go in, and a couple of the rooms where the cur- they close the curtains when someone accepts the bid. Of yeah, the then offer. the curtains close, and there's like a whole shower. Do you yeah, remember whole the shower system they, in like, there? Get you cleaned up. Yeah, and they have papers. They and actually have their their documentation here and for they do. their testing status. Which I have to say something about that. Yes, which is I think that. So, first off, a lot of STDs, and for those of you who don't know, like, out there, like, a lot of STDs cannot be tested for, like, yeah. like herpes, for instance, or um, even syphilis. You well, can test you'll for herpes test now, negative. but you won't know. You won't know unless you yeah. have an outbreak. And, like, half the time, it's herpes one and on your like lips. 95% yeah. of the population has it. That's yeah. what they say, or they're a carrier. Yeah. But that, that and, like, syphilis, you can test negative for syphilis. And syphilis is a huge... Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. So, well, I, I know there's, the always, there's always thing. tests are never perfect. Right. Yeah. So, if I were a gentleman caller calling on one of these, or whatever you want to call them... Um, a, a person sex workers. seeking out sex. Oh, the John sir. is that? Yeah, the old the school sex name. Work. I would probably use a condom, just because. So does that mean just because they have papers, they don't use condoms, or condoms are now? I mean, because this is the thing: the women have papers, but the men don't, or the people who are paying them. That's what I'm saying. Don't. So who? But a I don't know. System. They might still use condoms. It's just that they have papers no. to show. I, from what up. I know from anyone in that I've heard, that's so those like women are just taking this for huge sex work. risk on uh-huh. because like their this whole thing is their papers are good right now because they're in the clear, but every time they sleep with someone without condoms, they're at a risk for whatever it is. So I don't know. I still I have a feeling that condoms might still be on the table. I don't know though. We can't confirm that. Hey, no, anyone, I don't think they are, Amy. We may need to fact check ourselves with this, but we need to I'm like 90% well, we yeah, sure yeah. that that like condoms aren't used in um, the exchange between the parties that are involved. If in any of our listeners, I'm sure they, if they wanted to, they would come yeah. to the red light district and paid for some services here. We would like your feedback on whether or not condoms. What was the exchange like? Were condoms on the table? Yeah. Were they required? What was it like? It would be awesome to hear and. Also, if anyone's ever interested in sharing sex work story stories, like if you've ever been a participant, I would love to to get you know sort of an in an in depth like look into what it would be like to um, have an exchange and people that are selling themselves for sex because it is interesting. Yeah, it's a whole different. It's the, the oldest profession profession yeah. that ever is ex- has existed um, between humans. It's the oldest paid profession. Well, also, what, the other thing that was really interesting is the whole general energy of where we were down in the red light district. There was a lot of a lot of men there. I didn't see a lot of female bodies. A lot of drunk men. A lot of drunk men. Being and crazy. it didn't feel raunchy or sketchy. It was like, I mean, it was definitely a little more of an energetic kind of upbeat party vibe, but it wasn't It didn't like, feel dirty either. Yeah. It didn't feel like, oh, shameful. Yes, Not shame, at all. Exactly. There was no shame in it. It was like people openly exploring sex workers and being like, oh, she's hot, yeah. or go, walking up to the door. And, and, and no one I felt like really was, I don't know, when in Thailand, well, you've been to Thailand. Oh, yeah. You feel a little bit awkward in Thailand when you are walking in like uh, soy cowboy area. Oh, yeah. It's like it, I mean, there's a lot of differences with that. There's, there's like a lot of differences, yeah. In terms, yeah. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of people in in Thailand or in Asia or Malaysia are sold into sex work and sex. Slavery. I know. So there's a whole different story and all over the world. Right. So it's not just there, but it's it's just different. And I'm sure here there's plenty of sex workers that are 
um, not choosing it for what people would say are the right reasons, whatever that may be, you know, but it's up to them. And um, there's probably plenty of people that love their job, love their career. Well, while we're here in, in Amsterdam, Amy, would you like to take a toke of this marijuana with me? Oh, Lord. It's legal. <laughs> it's legal. Oh, I think right. we need a puff. Okay, a little, little puff. Because Amsterdam. one in Rome, you Roman, and one in Amsterdam, you puff. You puff. <laughs> I'll take a little hit, of, a little hit of that tweet. I um, I so I, Ooh, I actually good. don't really smoke the herb. I was a smoker of the herbs in high school, and then I quit at twenty one and haven't really looked back. So wish me luck. <laughs> good luck, Amy. Now let's see how the podcast goes. We're gonna get real mellow after this. <coughs> Ooh, that's good. Yeah. And we're answering some sex questions. Oh, yeah. This is really funny that we're doing this because Kyle Tierman, shout out to Kyle Tierman on his podcast, The Kyle Tierman Show. Oh, yeah. And Chris Ryan from Tangentially Speaking, Dr. Chris Ryan, who wrote <laughs> Sex at Dawn. We Chris, love I you think guys. Chris Ryan goes on Kyle's podcast. They drink a couple of beers and then halfway through they decide to smoke a joint. I heard that one. We listened to it together. <laughs> yeah. and we were like, yes. and like, oh yeah, we did. And it was like pretty uh, after the and joint. Then it became the joint like a piece, two and a half hour the, podcast. The joint piece gets a little funky, but yeah. <laughs> like, I'm gonna take one more hit of this. This is some good Amsterdonian. I don't know if that's a real term, but I like it. Amsterdamian tweet. What's interesting, fun fact about Amsterdam, they're they have their own city flag and it's triple X. Yeah. Which is awesome. Which it's is like, really cool. I need really something with a triple X on it before we leave here. Uh, I think we should take a picture of that and like have it as like part of the shameless sex. Go to the gift shops. Go yes, gift shop it. For sure. Gift shop it up. So, so we answer some sex questions. What else do we have I think so. Amsterdam? Well, I love how we're just world travelers. We just record from all these different places. I know, and right we're now we're in our living room in our Airbnb. Yes, it's cute. We were gonna. We were actually going to record from one of the coffee shops. Coffee shops, but then we realized it might be distraction. It's yeah. like where? Yeah, we don't want to do that. Oh, hey, I have one more thing we need to talk about. Yes, there's the Me Too thing going on. Have you seen that? Have you been on Facebook and all that jazz? I have not okay. because I've been at a trade show like you, but I have okay. been really disconnected from social media. So lately. Me Too is going on. I don't have my Facebook open right now, but it's essentially um, asking a call to action for. Um, specifically for women, I believe, to um, out there, do a hashtag for Me Too on social media, on Facebook. Like M-E-T-O-O? Me Too, that I've been sexually harassed or assaulted oh. in some way. Um, and and so, like, you know, every person, not every person, but mo- so many people that I know are just Me Too, Me Too, people that I never knew. And it's, again, it's an umbrella Me Too, right? So it could just be a cat call on the street or um, your so PE teacher much groping your breasts. everyone on the planet that's like... But then people, and then the cool thing about it is people are actually outing their stories. So people... Oh, that are just getting really vulnerable and outing that shame and it's going on right now I think it's really beautiful and really brilliant Um, and then there's this other part of it where people are actually what is it Um, I forgot what it is but there's actual assaulters is that the right word that are assaulties assaulters people that have assaulted that were assaulting and again umbrella assaulting or assaulter meaning um, you could have just done been the cat caller or um, or maybe you were the one that raped someone or whatever. And I haven't seen anyone say I raped someone, but I've seen people say, me too, I have at some point to cross boundaries, um, been like, co- or coerced someone for sex or whatever yeah. it is. And so I just want to do a shout out for that and for all the folks that are jumping into this practice that this I forgot I don't even know exactly who started it because I haven't I we've been so busy that I haven't really had time to look at it but whoever decided that it was a great idea to inspire people outing their shame in a vulnerable way um kudos to you because courage I think it's really that powerful. takes so yeah. much courage to and speak that. Mm-hmm. thank you for sharing your story or yeah. just 
yeah, being powerful. I'm going to look at it after this, I guess, yeah. once, I, once I get a moment to actually take in the things. Yeah, I, I haven't even wrote a Me Too, and I don't have, have necessarily, like, I think the thing that a lot of people hold back on outing a Me Too because they don't think theirs is as good as some other ones, right? They're like, my trauma is not as bad as your trauma. And it's not a competition. There's We're no trauma hierarchy. Um, I mean, I definitely have been coerced into sex or sex acts. I've been I've sexually had, harassed in the workplace. Oh, me too. Yeah. As a woman. Mm-hmm, definitely. When I was like 24 by like the VP of the company who was like super loaded 40-something-year-old guy, you know, drove like a Porsche 911 and was like, basically telling me he'd give me money if I um, did sexual acts for him. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to go now. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. And so that was one of those things where people, they're, they're talking people aren't speaking up because they're fearful of losing their job. Or people say, that's just how that guy is. Or you need, yeah, just need to like lighten up. Or, well, that's the thing. He was yeah. like, look at my car. Look at all the stuff I have. He was kind of like, look, I'm like, I don't give a shit, dude. I'm yeah. not interested in anything. But I, that was like a very traumatic experience for me. And my mom was like, you should sue. I was like, I'm not going to sue. That's not who I am. I'm just going to walk away. I don't think people realize that moments like that, as big or small as it, as it looks like or seems like, it's all a matter of perspective. And they can be really, really traumatizing to people. And, and really, you're just crushing empowerment when you're essentially like, yeah. or especially when people out their vulnerability and people are like, it's not valid. You know, that's just... That's just fucked. Or it's so. not that big a deal. He didn't touch you. Yeah. That was like a thing. They're yeah, like, well, you were, at least you, were, you weren't raped. Yeah, you yeah. didn't get touched. That was a thing, too. And I, Because I was like, well, I thought about it. I was 24 years old, maybe 25, 24, 25. And I remember thinking, well, he didn't, he didn't touch me, so it's okay. But all the other stuff that it was composed of was like quite... It was, it was super intense. Yeah. And it was uncomfortable, and he basically offered me it was like quid pro quo situations you know when you have like uh, i don't know if any, if you've ever worked in like an office environment but they have like sexual harassment education and like quid pro quo is like literally offering someone you know an advancement or m- more money for in exchange for um their services. body or yeah. their services or their their actions and that was exactly what it was and the day before we had had a that fucking meeting where we watched a video. I was like, quid pro quo. And I was like thinking to myself, like, are you an idiot? We were yeah. in that meeting together. Mm-hmm. But maybe he learned how to do it in that meeting. And <laughs> it just it just speaks to the general kind of undertone of what's still a huge fucking issue. Right. And even if people think like, yeah, we're living in a time with more equality. Like there still is this underlying idea that it's okay to do those things. It's okay to, to make cat calls and it's okay to make suggestions to people in a work environment and to touch bodies when you don't have consent or, you know, whatever it is. And and and, and, and it's going happening to all bodies. You know, it's not just happening to women and it's huge for women. You know, where it's these bodies are even if even people aren't female bodied, but like it's like for my body, I, I know when I walk down the street, my body is a receiver. I have a vagina and I am more at risk than someone with a penis. Also, so. I, I want to bring up another fact because I feel like you and I have been in the sex toy industry for quite some time. And it is a predominantly and still is. It's shifting oh my God. a bit. You got you got you had some some people groping you. I got my dress. I was wearing like this really cute. A like a line dress in Vegas. This is like in 2013 with like it had like wire kind of um, shaped like bodice, a, w- a wire shape wire like that made triangles over my boobs, mm. like bodice that wasn't like necessarily like attached to the boob. Like it wasn't. It was it was very um, avant garde. If you're familiar with fashion, it means like it's 
costumey, but in a nice way. Anyway, gorgeous dress, wearing it. It's like 2.30 in the morning in Vegas, and this customer of mine comes up to me and just full-on pulls down my dress in the a middle. A customer. A customer. So but my still, I mean, account. aside from a customer, like, let's, yeah. take, let's take the emphasis off of a customer. Let's also just take it to, like, it doesn't matter who the fuck that is. Like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? It was the most embarrassing moment, and... I like looked at him. I was like, why would you do that? What are you doing? And he like looked at me. He was obviously had intoxicated and I was intoxicated, but I wasn't, I didn't even, I wasn't even talking with him. It was like a full on random walk by, pull down, like shame, like the stuff that happens to children in playgrounds. Like yeah. it was terrible. A drive by. Yeah. Yeah. And after that I was like, wow. Like I, so the reason I, yes, th- I brought that up because, um, well, because it happens to everyone. And, yeah. and women in business, like, oh, I can just tell you at this trade show, yeah. this last trade show, I had men groping my ass at um, the booth next to me. I went to, like, have a, a drink. They invited me for a glass, a t- champagne toast. And then they started feeling my ass. And I said, excuse me, that's very inappropriate. Please don't touch me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a woman of business. And also, I'm just a woman that really doesn't appreciate to be touched unless I ask you to. Yeah. Or unless it's consensual. And I did actually say that. And they were like, whoa. They were Brits. And they were like, really thought it was hilarious that I was being so formal See, about that's it. funny. That it's, that it's, it's funny that you're, you're, you're voicing your boundaries. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. Look at this silly woman voicing her boundaries. <laughs> it's so funny. You're hilarious. Uh, you and I, though, I d- do say we we have to overcome a lot being women in in a specific industry that has been so predominantly male, like dominated for so, primarily male dominated for so many years. Mm. For like sex since, industry, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, the sex toy industry specifically, oh, yeah. the pleasure products industry. Yeah. So it's been a challenge, but I feel like it is tr- starting to shift. So yeah. I mean, when it comes to those things for me, if there's anyone that tries to touch, even actually when I'm dancing on the dance floor and that that someone tries to come up and just dance behind me like without asking me to dance me, I'll turn around, I'll look at them and just shake my head at them and walk away. Because I mean, I could I could speak to them when they're too, but it's really loud. So I just shake and walk away, and they're like, I mean, I have yet to have an issue with that. I'm just I am. I think what happens for a lot of um, women is they just go with it for a while, and then there's oh, remember the mentality of the. Um, you got to help your friend, right? So your friend's dancing, and then a guy comes and starts dancing with her, and she gives you this look like, rescue me. And so the, all the other girls come in, and they start to pull her away. And, like, that's, you know, whatever. At least we have our friends to protect us. But why can't that woman turn around and say, please, like, you don't dance with me unless I ask you to. Like, this is my space. You, I didn't invite you to come and to start touching my body. Or, like me, just shaking the head and walking away. But instead, it's like, we need to be saved so that that girl can pretend like they're not rejecting them. And it's it's just this, that's, again, the underlying thing that's going on here. We want like, okay to, like, save people's no. egos. Yeah, it's not, it's okay to say no. Just yeah. say no. Or we don't want to be too much. We want to be that bitchy, hysterical and, woman. And Fuck there's that. there's a proper way to do it. Like, for me, I'm, I'm like, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. Or... Don't touch me. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I know we, we talk about like ways to suggest things nicely, like voice of boundary lovingly. And if someone is touching you and it's not consensual, you don't have to be fucking loving about that. Well, yeah, you can just be like, and I'm gone. Bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which brings, should we start doing some sex questions? Yes. Any other points about we this? We should. Okay. We, we'll just have, so, we had so many things. We had that, like, so many things. They're all interlacking. Interlacing. Interlacking. No, we're interlacking. You guys, it's, it's well, been, we've been a little tired. A little tired. 
I know, y'all. We've been in a long, long journey. So um, we have some sex questions that people have been emailing us, and we've been taking some time kind of racking them up and kind of uh, not addressing them. So we really want to get in there. And please, y'all, we love free. it. We love it. Anytime, all the time. Email us questions, sex questions, life questions, whatever you w- want answers to or our insight to. Um, perhaps if we don't know the answer, we will try to find the answer for you. And our email is shamelesssexpodcast at gmail.com. Pretty original. Yep. It's got like three S's all in a row. Hello. So should we start with um, the first one about sex therapy and Ben Wobbles? Oh, sure. Yeah, this person had three questions, right? Well, I mean, it's... No, no okay. one question. Lamb, right. lamb. This is the first Here we go. of three of the other ones that we'll answer. All right. So this person wrote in, um, first and foremost, I have to say, I absolutely love your podcast and the positivity you are creating around sex. Sex, educa- sex education is my passion, and I hope to one day teach at a junior college level. I also would love to become a sex therapist, but I'm not quite sure how to get into that kind of thing. I have looked into becoming a licensed clinical social worker and was hoping I could go from there. Any advice, suggestions, and or information you can provide would greatly be appreciated. So maybe that's one question. Well, maybe just stick with that and then we'll go to the other ones. What are oh, no, there's one more, though. No, but if they're different topics, let's stick with the one question and answer it and then go to the next one. Okay. So we I'm, don't get confused. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, so the question would be any advice, suggestions, yeah. and or information you can provide would be greatly appreciated on how to become a sex therapist or social clinical That's social worker. so funny because it's funny. So I took my human sexuality class, my very first one at 18 at Cabrillo College, our community college in Santa Cruz. And that's when I realized that I wanted, I thought I wanted to be a sex therapist from that. And either a sex therapist or I wanted to teach at the, at the um, community junior college level because that's where I had taken the course. And I was like, I could do what my professor at the time, they had been cel- they told our class, you know, this is, you're talking to 18 year olds, that they've been celibate for 10 years and they were still recommending the diaphragm with a whole bunch of spermicide as like the number one birth control method. And they're just so outdated. And so Whoa. I was like, I want to grow up and replace that person. And I've since then now don't want to work in a um, junior college or for any university because I don't like to be regulated by anyone's rules, yo. But I'm um, not saying that you, person who wrote this um, email, should not do that. And but I was on a similar trajectory to whatever this person is interested in. And um, what I will say, I don't know where you're located, but there are a couple great uh, actual universities that do either um, minors for your bachelor's in human sexuality or you can do a master's in human sexuality, including San Francisco State if you're in San Francisco um, or Widener out in Pennsylvania, I believe. And they have great programs for a um, master's or minor in human sexuality. So that's one route. If you want to go the academic route, that's probably the best thing. Or you could, you know, major in psychology and minor in human sexuality or, you know, whatever your choice is. And there's so many different certifications. And one of the things I did was when I was going to San Francisco State for um, psychology and human sexuality, I did my sex educator certification training with SFISI. That's SF. SI.org. It stands for San Francisco Sex Information, and it is a place where they do an anonymous forum where people can send emails or a call on the phone and ask anonymous sex questions, but they also train sex educators twice a year. Um, and so that was where I learned a lot and of, of everything that I'm applying, how to speak with non, non-judgmental, very open communication, um, 
and it was super edgy and and just it was you very talked diverse. a little bit before yeah, about dynamic. some of the videos that yeah. they watched you made you watch oh yeah the video yeah well did it make you I mean obviously force me <laughs> make you watch this video one one yeah yeah uh, but videos about you know different practices yeah. and fetishes and yeah. and um that you know sexual preferences that people have that you had to watch that what made you the most uncomfortable right yeah i mean i yeah and that that was yeah there was definitely a lot of that and i would say i would suggest two things one you can do the academic route by going to widener san francisco state or i think michigan i don't remember it's university of michigan or michigan state but they also have a um i forgot what's called but like clinical human sexuality e kind of um it's like a certification it's it's like a year-long program um so it's not a master's in it but you you would add that on to you know whatever your bachelor's degree that you already have and you have to have some clinical experience but anyway so there's the academic route and or there's so many individual trainings that you can do and you like for what i did i just did did i got a degree but i only got a bachelor's which a lot of people think i have a master's they're just assume that um but minor in human sexuality and then I did all these little trainings, my you know somatica training, tantra training, um, whatever. Is you, well, you were passionate yeah. about that route, but yeah, may make I your make a rules. suggestion yeah. as well from from yes. my standpoint? So I have a bachelor's of science, which is you know it is what it is, completely She's unrelated. Using it every day, <laughs> I use it all the time. But my suggestion for this um, valued, amazing listener with your question would be to go. And if you have time, uh, you know, to get a little part-time job or maybe it'll be a big time. Ooh, experience. It, yeah. Uh, the go and work at your s- local sex-positive shop boutique if you live anywhere that has a sex shop. Because... That's what you did. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. And you can learn on your own. And I'm an avid um, self-learner, self-starter. And I think that, for me, obviously, I'm not certified. But doing that gives you the groundwork. Like, I'm a hands-on learner I always have been and I feel like in this work I try to educate myself because I am constantly meeting people that um, ask for my advice and I'm like look I'm not a doctor and I'm not a, a certified anything but I can tell you like in my years like I've, I talk to people I ask for their feedback I, I read things all the time and there's no better education than like actual experience so if you want to really get that and see if that's something that you want to pursue perhaps before you go and get involved and in, in invest you know two years or four years into a bachelor's degree uh, perhaps get, get some field experience get, a, get some field experience yeah. see if that, that's something that you're comfortable with talking to people about um, and that's that's personally what I think would be effective or do it at the same time and there's so many people that I meet on the road that are actually um, going into some kind of sex therapy or sex education that are working in shops and that are so amazing at, at doing the sales because they're guiding people through like like really either traumatic experiences but also like through their pleasure like and how to engage in more pleasure and i think that's really beautiful talking to them yeah i like that yeah well stated chip oh thanks so there's lots of different we're definitely just a little more serious on this podcast just thinking about that i was being a level one listener for a second as you were talking i was listening and then i was like usually we're like and we're we're both just like pretty t- we've been traveling we've for been a traveling long a lot time. time i was it's in london then i was in germany then i was in berlin again in germany and then i'm in amsterdam and we have different voices and tones like when we're we have a lot of energy we're like oh, we talk like this and we get so excited and then but otherwise this is my like monotone amy has <laughs> been on the road for about 10 days so bear with us but if you're just tuning okay. in people yeah. this is your first episode <laughs> no we're really spicy we're still having fun. This is all fun. We yeah, love it. All right, what you got next? What you got next? Okay, so the second part of this question is about 
Um, I also have a question about Benoit balls. I have a pair, in parentheses, no string, that was given to me as a gift and was wondering if I should begin with a pair attached to a string at first. I am not scared of using the pair I have, but wasn't sure if I was getting ahead of myself. Thanks. Do you want to start on this one? Because I have so many things. Okay, you start. Well, first of all, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> deep throat in the <laughs> um, First of all, I will say this from a historical standpoint, Benoit balls, aka Kegel balls, which mm-hmm. Kegel was the doctor that actually coined or trademarked. Always the a term. man, always yeah, a man right? going in some. Because uh, <laughs> it's pelvic floor exercises yeah. are what you're doing. But Benoit is from uh, like the Zin Chinese dynasty. The em- the emperor, like it's like thousands of years old. Mm-hmm. The the concubines used to wear these bell round bell balls inside and dance around um, their emperors that they were entertaining and make make like beautiful noises and that mm. was where Benoit kind of Benoit kind of came from. Benoit. But then they realized that wow it made the pelvic floor tighter mm. because it's a muscle which you're gonna I know engage in and talk about Amy. Yep. But um that being said, wearing kegel balls, in my opinion, with a string is easier because the ones that don't have them, you have to kind of fish for to take out. It, it, like the ones with the string you can kind of pull I like to call it a, a you know the that can make an oh shit handle yeah <laughs> no i'm just kidding i mean i've had an oh shit cup situation i don't know how you keep getting things stuck in your pussy man <laughs> i'm like a six-year-old that just like shoves peas and marbles up there <laughs> what's gonna happen is it gonna come out my mouth she just like puts things in backwards <laughs> like you're um the i don't remember what it was but your diva cup or whatever it i is had a fem cup fem cup yeah got Twisted around, so I had to it's, go it's out a menstrual removed. cup, and somehow That's she puts second it backwards <laughs> twice. And my and sister had to fish the other stuck. one out with a toothbrush. <laughs> she had to pl- unplug this su- suction. And then OB tampons, they've gotten lost in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had my ex-boyfriend pull one of those out. I have had that happen once too, though. <laughs> I had that happen I was once. Like, the string fell off. Yeah, and the then, string fell off. And you think because like the vaginal canal, it ends at some point. There's a cervix, and you can get lodged like around the cervix, where like the, you even if you get your body in the most like awkward contorted position. It's hard to get on your own. You bear down and nothing happens. I know. It's like, just, what? It's your doctor. You keep going. They're like, what the fuck? And this is why, <laughs> in retrospect, yes. do the balls with the the yeah. no strings are difficult. They're more advanced. They're more advanced. And I will say that they also usually, they look like they're small and metal. Usually there's glass ones too. But they're actually a lot heavier than than they look. And for me, when I've had my muscles like not be that strong and I put them in, there's no way they're going to suck at me because they just fall right out. I literally have to clench like hard the whole time for a couple of minutes to even keep them in. The larger balls are way easier yes. to, to hold in. And Fun Factory actually makes really the great. The smart balls. The smart balls. Yeah, those are nice. They're good. Uh, actually, Lalo, we'll give a shout out to oh, Lalo. Oh, I do. The only thing about it, the only downfall will be um, like if you're in a really quiet room and you jump up and down, you can hear them. But that's not usually what you're doing with them anyways. But like if you did jumping jacks, because they they're plastic with silicone oh, yeah. and a metal ball inside. So you can hear the metal ball hidden plastic. But I do love the size and the weight. I would recommend getting them always with a string, though, yeah. like or some sort of band to take them in and out. Well, and there's also the jade egg. The jade egg is really, oh, really yeah. big. It's and like it's onyx. Made of jade. Oh, made of jade. But you can get some now. That, you know, the, at Pure Pleasure, we used to have one that was made of onyx, a crystal egg. Um, but the jade egg is a material that people really like, and it's, you know, it's of the earth. It's supposed to have, like, healing qualities and powers. A lot of people are, you know, into gems and crystals and natural stones and things. And Balancing. Um, it's supposed to be, like, pretty much non-porous as well. Well, and 
the sizes are nice. You can get different sizes. And um, the cool thing about it is, is that people always think of kegels as like this super workout to keep your pussy all tight, right? And there's a lot more to it. Like if you have strong pelvic floor muscles, this is the first thing that's going to help your orgasm because part of your, well, a genital orgasm. So like when you're having a genital based orgasm, those muscles contract. And if those muscles are, are weak or not so strong, those orgasms, they don't have much muscle to, to contract, so the orgasm's lighter. And if the muscles are really strong, then the orgasm is stronger. So that's, the I think, the biggest... Um, I'm doing my kegels right now. Key point. Yeah, go get your kegels. Launching it. I know, me too. Flex it. Wait, can I tell you something that I heard from a taxi driver? Yes. One time? <laughs> yeah. And I fact-checked him, and he's right. He's like, so I see you're wearing high heels, mall. Yeah, I wear them all the time. He's like, you know, women with high heels have much tighter pussies. Are you serious? Does he know? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Okay, let's let's go back to the Me Too thing here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, first of all, he said that. I was like, really? <laughs> but I was like, no. He's like, yes. And I was in the back. He wasn't were you already talking about sex toys and what you do in the industry? Did he know you were coming from a sex toy convention? No, this is not this trip. This is, a, this is like a year this ago. This is someone you didn't know. So I don't remember the context of how it started, but I think he did know. He felt comfortable enough to share that with me. It See, wasn't just out of the blue. That's an interesting thing. Okay, I just but it's true though that if you so they've done studies. Heels, if you wear a lot of high heels, you have to use the muscles. Yes, so you're constantly oh, contracting. I don't wear high heels. My pussy is not. No, it doesn't mean that. <laughs> but it just means that I wear high heels all the time, and I know like how tight my pussy is because when I try to stick tampoons in there, sometimes I'm like, oh my god. Well, she goes so tampoons like a harpoon. <laughs> and like it's so toy. Yeah. So I do my kegels on a reg. For sure. Good and job. oh, I went to the guy and she told me I should be a pelvic floor model. Oh. And I was like, in, in, why? In, in, in other words, she was, she was like, nice pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the taxi driver told me that. And I was like, I'm going to fact check you. And then I did. I Googled some things and it's true. I So I'm just, okay, I just got stuck on the this consent thing of like, it was inappropriate. Probably. It was inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if people just offer information about like, yeah, women when they wear high heels. So this is another thing. Chris Ryan, I'm going to quote him again. He made this comment when I went on this podcast. He opens it up by saying, some of you might think I was really creepy with Amy, but, and yeah, I was kind of creepy. She's really hot or whatever. And then he goes on to talk about creepy is it is a, it's contextual because if he was a, you know, 20 or 30 year old guy and he was commenting on how hot I was, people wouldn't be like, you're creepy and lecherous or whatever. But because he's, I don't know, he's in his, I don't even know how old he is, 50s. Um, and 50 maybe? I don't know. Sorry, Chris. I don't know how old you are. <laughs> um, but that it's it's contextual. It's based on people's perception, the social stigma around age and when you can be sexual and when you can make those comments. So um, so it's the language is very interesting that we use and the time and place of language. So because this is a man telling you this comment I about pussies, you how old he was. He's I know I'm 19. Not, <laughs> so I'm not talking the age. It didn't matter. It was that he was a man. Right. Right. And he was talking about women's pussies to you without you even inviting him to talk about sexuality. And so this is a confusing thing. Like. For you, you might have been intrigued by it. It was actually probably. Well, I been love random useless knowledge. Yes. I was like, really? And and so it. And I didn't feel like he was hitting on me. No, but it's, it's but it's so it's consent. But was is it very, appropriate? Is, is it like exactly. a whole different thing? Yes. But my level of appropriate is probably really different than most people's level. Exactly. Of me too. Yeah. Me too. I was actually talking to my partner about this with Chris Ryan too. Like the whole time I'm talking to him, 
I didn't think he was creepy at all. There was nothing that I felt was creepy. I definitely felt like he thought I was attractive. And we talked a Did lot about Did your partner listen to the podcast? He hasn't listened to me. I just, just okay. talked to him about it. Um, but my creepy radar is, and I also, I think like you, we don't want to shame people for being hypersexual or super sexual or whatever. And, and, but there is just a certain degree of it is when is, um, there ad- the advances, um, unwarranted, you know, uninvited. Right. And, and like, I didn't feel, definitely didn't feel like Chris Ryan was like trying to like cross my, my boundaries. He was, it was, it was to me, it just was fine. But I think again, he's saying it's contextual. Other people are going to hear it and they're going to think that it was too much. So that's a tangent. Hey, it's, tangent. No, but, but you're right. And I think that to that taxi driver, like I appreciate the information. And for me, I wasn't uncomfortable. And I know most women probably, well, probably would have been like, he been, said yeah. pussy and right. And tight. It's talking about tight pussy. And too. I don't know if he actually used the word pussy to be honest. With you. It was about a year ago. So he might've <laughs> said vagina. He might've really? said, really? You think he said vagina? He might've, I don't remember, but he might've said, you know, you're, you know, I don't know. Yeah. He might have, I don't remember, but how I remember it now, I don't remember his exact, you know, vernacular, but I remember it had to do with tight pussies, pussies and wearing high heels. Okay. And I was like, thank I think you. I wear a lot of high yeah. heels. Um, so. Tangent. Okay, Ben Wobbles. That's Ben Wobbles. Um, going so back. I like what you said about the string. I think that was good. We talked about the jade egg. Oh, the other cool thing about jade egg is when you're using, it's more than, it's more, more than what meets the eye. Like the idea that it's all about tightness. The jade egg, there's a lot of really cool practices for it to help us kind of center ourselves and ground ourselves and connect with our sensuality. Um, and also when they talk about the jade egg, there's, cause people do jade egg 101 courses, um, that, with, uh, that pussies are so used to just having something sh- like shoved in them, whether it's a tampon or um, a dildo or a cock or a finger or whatever, as opposed to being invited in and taken in really slowly in a way that um, the pussy really gets to choose how long it takes for this thing, this object, item, whatever, body part to come in. And so with the jade egg, they push for it. And you can do this with any Kegel ball. Instead of shoving in, you would lube it up and just lightly press it on the vulva. And slowly press it in and just kind of feel the pussy open and invite it in. And it's like a whole different practice, a way of receiving. And then this thing is, is just becomes more of like a sacred practice. So this is like, a, again, a tangent. And if someone's looking for something that's a little more like holistic and connected, um, that might be your jam. But smart balls are kind of, smart balls in the Lalo. Um, well, balls. the smart balls are, and also they're made from medical grade silicone and they're yeah. easy. I feel like to, can you have, you can get the one ball. Yeah. Uh, or the oh, two. Oh, that for some of the tilted uterus? Right. Yeah. The single ball, yeah. And then the two balls, which is like an elevated amount of weight. But And and the other thing I want to say, too, about this is, um, you know, you can do kegels. Like April said she's doing kegels right now, and she doesn't have anything inside of her. So we can develop strong PC muscles. PCs is pubococcygeus, so the pelvic floor muscles, by just tightening and releasing, tightening and releasing without something in us. And it's kind of the equivalent of I want, if I want arm muscles, I can move my arms up and down. And without a weight on without it. a weight like right. you're at the gym you yeah. want to work out but you just flex if your i arm. just move my arms flex it up and down it would do something but be much more efficient if i had a weight and that's why these weights are really helpful is they add extra weight for your body to work with more resistance and it helps to increase the and strength it creates like a faster process too and with with smart balls because i used to work for fun factory so i can attest to this like with our research we learned that um Basically, wearing the the kegel balls about twenty to thirty minutes a few times a week um, will give you results in about two weeks 
Um, and remember that kegel balls also, Benoit balls, kegel balls, um, also help childbirth become easier, actually the labor, mm-hmm. um, because you're using those pelvic floor muscles to push out a child. Also, after birth, your, um, your midwives or gynecologists will recommend them to actually help reform, retighten that muscle as well. Mm-hmm. That can get like, you know, all... Um, uh, not loose. That's not the right word. Untrained. Uh, <laughs> it changes. It changes yeah. after childbirth. Yeah, um, child, childbirth is badass. Yeah, yeah. but um, they'll recommend those to kind of get that muscle back into um, the reactive mode. Mm-hmm. And then, um, in general, like with helping your orgasms, as you were talking Orgasm, about, or but, bladder control too. But just like twenty minutes to thirty minutes a day will really help you. Just like oh, you're talking about if you have the balls and you're just walking around, and you're not tightening all the time. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because sitting there, clenching, releasing, clenching, releasing for twenty no. minutes is using gnarly. the balls. You yes. can get results. So, so the balls that she's talking about, the smart balls and Luna balls, you could actually lube up, put in, and as long as you're moving around, they move inside of you. The idea is that they move, and your body kind of is like, "What the fuck? There's something moving," and so it kind like of reacts clenches. to it. Yeah. Yes. And so that you can just do as a regular practice for you know twenty. 30 minutes or you like things like jade egg or things you're actually con- or the Ben Wobbles you're consciously clenching and releasing around uh, those ones you only need to literally do for a couple minutes and a, a day it's not it's not a but literally practice. any vagina owner in my opinion can and will benefit from owning some sort of kegel exercising Ball set. Well, and anyone who has any organs or bits, penises or, or vulvas or whatever, however you identify with your bits, um, will benefit from Kegel exercises as well. Um, even you know, of course, the penises don't get to use the Kegel balls, but the that exercise, that practice, actually just strengthens orgasm for all bodies. Um, so that that same kind of tightening and releasing thing. And I have her, wait, oh yeah, were you telling me about someone, a housemate that put a wet t-shirt on their cock? To stay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, my old housemate yeah. in college. Yeah, they're doing uh, the I hooked up with him once. Giggles. We never had sex, but like he did get to move his like dick around a lot. He, <laughs> called, he called it the, go- the ghost blowjob or something like that. What the hell does Just because his dick would move and he pretended like somebody was. Oh, because they, they so, the muscles were so strong. Yeah, so yeah. he put a wet t shirt on it to kind of flex. That's funny. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? But yeah, I, bet, I bet he had really good ejaculatory control. I don't know. I never had sex with him and I never gave him a blowjob or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> he went down on me a couple oh, times. <laughs> awesome. Oh, hey. Get it. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to part one of your sex questions answered from Amsterdam. Uh, We are breaking this into two parts because we don't want to... Just drag it out. I don't know. We I keep well, getting this feedback of people that want people to like yeah. make it longer, shorter, make it shorter, longer, make it longer, make it shorter. We're trying to do about I think forty five minutes to sixty tops. So if it goes we're over, just we're just gonna play with it. We're splitting gonna splitting it up. Yeah, yeah. The occasional half an hour. The, but like plus you, Amy and I have to be together, and we both been working really hard, traveling all across the world, spreading the word of sex positivity, love, sex toys, and all the things. All the things. So like it's hard sometimes. It's hard out here for a pimp. Hustle and flow, everyone. Yeah, that's like you should go watch that movie. movie. You should watch Wait, it. Wait, how's the other part of that song go? Trying to make money, money for, for the, the rent. Something that was good. We li- it's we watched a whole that. Whole lot of something just. <laughs> <laughs> She's good though. That girl's. I good. love that movie. It's a good movie. And now it's hot out here for a pimp karaoke session. Yeah.
We already did it. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyways, we're gonna cut this uh, cut this short. We love you all so so much. We love you. Actually, it's ich liebe dich in German. Mm. Oh, was it German? Yeah, that was German. Not. <laughs> Nine. That's no in German. We got it. Like all right. It. We love you all. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.